welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an objector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of For the Record, and season four is flying by, maybe because we had a sec next right in the middle of it, but it has been a whirlwind of a season already, and this train's going to keep on rolling. We have with us today a practicing esthetician of 20 years who made a, a strategic move to become a business coach, consultant, um, aesthetics guru, and to help other practices to experience what she's experienced as a successful business owner, to really grow their skincare business, to grow their business acumen to get better with Instagram, with operations, with hiring, with firing, all the things. She was at Aesthetic Next 5.0 as a speaker, and she's here with us today. We have with us Laura Crowley from Laura, Jeanette, and Co., who is a fabulous consultant and is a big advocate of AR. We have fallen in love with her, and I think today you will as well. So, Laura, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really happy to be here and honored to be here. Well, we're glad to have you too, because my team came back after a call with you and said, you have got to meet this person. She is awesome. So they just instantly thought you were fantastic. I met you, I think, in Boston at Modern Beauty Con, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, yeah, you're the bee's knees. Like, you're doing it in real life, but you're also now coaching people on it. You've had a long, lustrous career um, full of many accolades. So give our listeners a little bit of background about what you were doing prior to deciding to really become more of a sort of mentor, train the trainer, if you will, of our industry. Oh, I just wanted to say yes. And we met back in the spring and you were just absolutely lovely. And immediately just, I think we connected like immediately and it was um, just, you were so nice and your team was just so lovely. So I'm so happy to be here. Um, so yes, I have been an institution since I think I was 19 years old. Um, so almost 20 years now and grew, it was a front desk to a day spa as an esthetician. Then it transitioned to a med spa, uh, the like a really top selling uh, esthetician at the med spa um, was hitting all kinds of crazy goals, retail goals, service goals, um, got super into education and loved um, everything about um, the science of skincare products and selling and education became the director of education. And then I started taking some marketing like classes and from all these gurus about social media and marketing and loved all like the content part of that and was seeing all these other avenues where, you know, there's all these other streams of income for estheticians, for injectors, for so many other people. And I just thought, what's next? And I thought like, okay, how can I help, you know, these practices grow and make like this, you know, make it more smooth, have it like more smoothly. Uh, and I thought there was a disconnect a little bit from the marketing department, from the management department to all the, like all the operators to the clients. And I thought like, okay, everybody needs to be talking a little bit more and how can we all really, really work together. And there has to be kind of like a, a better, smarter way to work. And so I thought there was just a missing piece. And I was like, let me help these practices grow at the rate that I'm seeing and that I want to grow my own brand myself. So that's why I, I kind of started this journey. And six months later, 
um, I got my first huge six-figure contract and it was uh, incredible and amazing. And it's been an amazing ride um, to now have their practice grow and double their revenue within six months. Yeah, and also I'm, I'm minding your own P's and Q's, right? Minding your own esthetician services and your own spa and trying to do both, which I think is the place that many of us fall, you know, fall into, trying to do two different things at once, both at high levels really well. Also, you know, having kids and husbands and wives and business partners and, you know, there's a lot to, to manage there. And I think what you mentioned of, you know, the departments talking to each other, Laura, there are no departments. Like so often I hear that the one person is, is all the things, you know, we were, when we were much smaller at AR, they would call in and we'd have a guy say, Oh, call our accounting department. Well, it was just him with a different voice. And, you know, it was like, there was no department. It was just us. We were like this little tiny little company. And now obviously we're getting divisions and departments and business units and things that's growing, but that's a huge transition. So as you go into a practice, let's say a plastic surgery office who now like wants to add a med spa, or, you know, or vice versa. I'm, I'm a med spa wanting to now add, you know, a physician on staff to do plastic surgery as part of my practice extension. Where do you start with that? How do you, how do you think about a practice actually growing or even bringing on more estheticians and focusing on skincare? Like what's like the first two or three things you look at for practice and say, yep, you're ready. Or, oh my God, we have a lot of work to do. I, I think they're, they're, I mean, number one is why, you know, we have to look at like, why do they, you know, why do you want to add a med spa? Are, are you bored? Do you want, and it's, it's okay. Are you bored? Do you want more money? Um, do you see like a big shiny thing over there? Do you see everybody else doing it? Your peers having success? Uh, it's not easy and it's a lot of work. And so you have to have the right people. And like your point, I've seen so many, I just was at another, um, uh, like a, an event and this one manager was doing all the things like operations, marketing, social media for these three practices. And um, they didn't even know like a simple um, how like the reps can help you. And there's so many behind like the reps and what they have in their marketing departments and their online catalogs. And, you know, some of the stuff you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like I'm not saying put tons of stock photos, definitely not. That's what I'm saying. But um, all the information is there for you and they're there to help you too. So I think having somebody alongside of you, like myself and my team can point you in that, like all those avenues to help you grow and help you manage all these operations and all your teams. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just at the doctor this morning, um, getting my semaglutide, if you guys all must know. Um, and a person who works there that does my semaglutide, she's like, hey, listen, can I just hire you to be a mentor for me to show me what to train on? Like how to prepare my training plan. Do I go get thread training? Do I get, you know, injectables? Should I be doing PLLA? All the things. And I think to myself about that. I don't inject at all, right? Not an injector, but I'm pretty well versed on what things you should and shouldn't do. Who has a good class? What's the content outcome? So it's like coaching. I feel like what you're doing with practices is just because you are the coach doesn't mean that you're the most amazing business owner on planet earth. It means you know how to get the best out of somebody else and get the best out of their operations or their productivity or help them when they have those emotional breakdown days and they're like, I'm going to quit the whole freaking thing. I'm done with it. So how does the coaching work for you? Because I feel like in our industry, because competition is so incredibly fierce, you can't really ask your neighbor. Like you can't reach out with a lifeline saying, hey, help me. In many cases, people have a network, but in many cases they don't. How do you help as a coach? Because that's to me. If nothing else, if you had a person just to be like your sounding board, what a relief as a business owner that would be just to have another person to say yes or no, good idea, bad idea, you know, try it out. 
I there. I mean, there's so many to unpack there. Um, I, first of all, I feel like networking was like the biggest thing. I have networked with even my biggest competition that's like right down the street from me. And she is lovely and she is growing and she is scaling and we had the best lunch. Um, so I feel like you, you have to grow with each other. It's like, she's never going to be me and I'm never going to be her. And that's, and that's totally okay. She's never going to have my hands. Um, she's never, I'm not going to have her hand or her touch. Um, and we're a little different too. Um, she is, a, um, a nurse practitioner, but I just think, uh, it's all, all the time. I think community over competition, you know, everybody, there's so many clients for everybody. So please just have always have that in mind and try to just because you never know you might be with them at a conference someday <laughs> or speaking right next to them but um we can go back to um I think like so many people again are working in their business instead of on their business and you have to focus on your brand too and where what direction you're going with what do you want to do in a year what do you want to do in the next five years do you want to sell in 10 years um, you have to, I, so sometimes I just really, it's just a, a consultation for business coaching, right? We, you do a consultation for somebody's skincare or their full face, if they want a full lift or anything like that. It's a consultation that my team and I do with you about what you want and what your goals are. Um, how much do you want to make in a day? How much do you want to make in an hour? Um, what are, you know, are, do you want to work four days a week? Do you want to work six? Like, do you want to work three? Usually, I mean, I have one person right now who he's working five, sometimes six, but man, like, you know, they want to be at the beach most of the time. So we're trying to hire amazing, you know, a CEO of operations to, cause he doesn't want to handle any of that stuff, you know? And um, so sometimes it's hi like hiring a lot of people to take on that and all that part of it for the operations and the marketing. And then he can just focus on um, his family and um, injecting and really like practicing, um, practicing his. Um... Yeah. I don't know if you guys watch billions. I'm a, I'm a huge billions fan. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but we just hired our very own Wendy here to be like a performance coach, if you will, for our company. And I think about that a lot about a psych like a psychologist or psychiatrist. They're not in your life. They don't do what you do, but they are coaching you and helping you almost from like a, um, an outsider perspective looking in saying, I don't know anything about your core inner workings of your day, but looking at this from the outside in at 30,000 feet, like what the hell are you doing? This is making sense to me. And I think there's oftentimes a benefit in having someone who's not in your business. You know, if, if it's your attorney or your accountant or whoever else, like they're almost too, too much in the fold with you to have a, um, a removed opinion of things. But I do think that there's this coaching idea. Everyone should have a business coach. Like I think everyone should have a person who's in their life saying, I'm going to be your gut check and be honest with you and tell you what you really should be doing and, what, and what's a terrible idea. Because so oftentimes if you're um, an influencer, you're important, you're a big name, they're going to tell you what you want to hear to get your business or to keep you in their, in their good graces and never really tell you the cold hard truth of if you want to go to the beach every day and have all these, you know, this time off, you cannot run a practice at six days a week and do all the jobs. Like it's not real. You're going to have to come off the dollar a little bit and hire someone to help you. So I think, too, even getting that right, like when you think about a practice who's going to open or scale, how do you help them incorporate their lifestyle? Because I think we missed that, too. Like, how do you want your practice to operate? Is it, you know, high margin, low volume? Or is it low margin, high volume? Is it, you know, four days a week? How do you kind of help people think through that and almost, like, make their plan? Because, again, what you mentioned, like, what's your why for growing? Like, if it's just to make more money, then we've got to be, that's a different plan. And I love it so much, I want to keep doing more. Like, how do you kind of think about that strategically and get them aligned to what their growth plan is and actually to achieve it? 
That's a hard, that's a loaded question. Sorry. It's, it's all right. We, um, again, we come in with like a really big questionnaire for them. Um, and a really, um, a questionnaire and kind of like a, uh, yes, a 30,000 30, foot view. And that's like what I'm best at is that 35, like look and like their lifestyle, their family, um, talking to the people that work there, what, um, what's working, what's not. Um, and yeah, what do they want? Um, they usually, um, I found hate the operations part. And so I'm always wondering like what, why you could make so much money doing this, but you're refusing to hire somebody to help with like social media, you know, like you're, you make your money by like cutting or, um, injecting and stuff, but you, you know, are refusing to pay somebody, you know, 30 to $50 an hour to help you with as like a VA or a marketing person, again, a social media person, tons of VAs an assistant. Um, that was one of the first, I think this first move I did is hire a VA. And um, now she's 10 times more like she's, you know, I hired two of VAs actually, and they're my everything. And then um, actually before that, though, I hired a business coach. So a business coach, two VAs to help you grow and scale because I don't like doing all the things and you can't, I can't do all the things. If I'm going to grow and scale, I can't be everywhere. And I don't like doing all the stuff. <laughs> like, for example, my deck for Aesthetic Next. I hate Canva. <laughs> So I gave that to one of them and I was like, can you help me with this? I love talking and I love talking to people and presenting, but Canva is not my strong suit. They're like the ones that, you know, are awesome with my graphics. So all the graphics that you see that I have on my Instagrams and stuff, that's not me. <laughs> well, you're the first person to ever bring up a VA and I want to take a pause and put a pin on that and talk about that because I... So to Canva, I think I, I might have mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks ago. I've spent the equivalent of like... 11,000 hours of, in Canva last year, which is like, if you do the math, really stupid, but I love Canva and I and I wanted to get good at it. But even now, it's like I had to know how to do it for myself. But now, you know, we have a person, if I build an email in Canva, a person on Fiverr puts it into our email system. I don't do it. I don't build the email. They do it in 10 minutes and that's what they do all day long. Like why would, it would take me a full hour at what I bill for consulting is, you know, compared to her $10 an hour rate, it was like stupid. I think it's a business decision. It's a control issue for a lot of people. They, they feel a, a fear to delegate and they want to not lose control. But at the same time, if you look at your hourly rate, this is how I do the math. If I'm going to, if it's going to cost our company more for me to do it myself than to hire someone else to do it, I am hurting my business, substantially hurting my business to invest in me, not only because of what it would cost me to do that job, but not do the jobs I need to be doing instead, as opposed to having a person who does this thing all day long. It's like going to a surgeon. You wouldn't go to a, a GP and try to figure out how to do plastic surgery. You go to a plastic surgeon. It's just a smarter way to do business. But VAs, I love them. We have tons of, of virtual people in our company that work all over, you know, all around the world. And they are so helpful because they're inexpensive and they can focus on certain parts of your business and help grow it. But how do you find them? Like we use Upwork here a lot. We use um, you know, various different referral agencies and things. But where do you find yours? Because Upwork has been the best option for us. So if you're wanting to get a VA, you got to really look for you know, what you want. And there's little pockets of people all over the country that can help you find them or even all over the world. But we use Upwork. So what's your best advice for VAs? I, I've seen fever, I've seen Upwork, I've seen all those, but, um, um, honestly, I kind of fell into, um, I had a business coach and I was doing a photo shoot and one of my uh, girlfriends that was a photographer, she was using this specific VA and she had just started, she came from this amazing, um, school and she had just started her VA business. 
and she was using her. And so my business coach, we kind of like, uh, we're kind of doing the photo shoot together. And by the end, my business coach said to me, if you don't hire her, and this was before I needed her. This was before I could afford her um, everything. And she said, if you don't hire her today, I can like honestly say 10 people that I could like fill her books tomorrow. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. And I just started giving her like small tasks and organization tasks and just stuff that I don't want to do that I could be better focusing on building my brand and reaching out and reaching out to leads and building those relationships and networking. And it slowly grow, grew from there. And now we've been together um, like a year and a half and yeah, I adore her. And then my other one, I just saw something special in her. I actually had worked with her. She was an esthetician and I had worked with her for years and she decided to become a stay-at-home mom. Um, but I always had that her in the back of my mind. She was a great friend and she was a great coworker, but she was just a hustler and a hard, hard worker. And I always kept saying like, I'm going to use you someday. And she just didn't understand what. And I was like, you can work from home. Like I want to design the life that you want to live. And you, I need your brain. I like, she's, she's a researcher. She's so good with Instagram and social media and reels and again, Canva. And, um, she just is in the industry. She has a pulse on the industry. And I was like, I need your eyes. I need your ears. And, and then it just started and developed from there. And now she is doing tech and create, like she's doing tech and, helping with systems and operations and um, managing events and coordinating like these big, huge, you know, med spa events that we do. And it's just super creative and super fun, but um, yeah, they're, they're awesome. And I highly recommend um, even if it's just 10 hours a week, something to start, you know, have somebody just do 10 hours a week with you just to start. And um, even cleaning up your email inbox. That was like one of the first things I did. My email inbox was just a mess. <laughs> I have 99,000 unread emails literally in my inbox right now. So I can tell you, I know how you feel when it comes to your inbox being a hot mess. <laughs> it would be, people would like have a panic attack if they had my email inbox. I have a person who checks my email during the day and I still can't get it all checked. So if you're emailing me, don't text me or send a carrier pigeon. You better look that way. <laughs> No, I, think did. I think she did have a heart attack when she first got in there because I have also I think I had like three or four different email addresses and she was just like what is going on here let's 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 clean this up for you but you know it's tough all the administrative things you have to do you know as a business owner yourself and also helping others to figure out how to do it on their own you have to practice what you preach you know you've got to be a good steward of what you're of what you're recommending but to that point, I want to talk a little bit about you as an esthetician doing training in the offices as well, because you get to wear a hat that not many consultants get to wear, which is like you're an actual practicing, you know, esthetician practitioner, you're in the industry. I have a lot of curiosity around introducing like new services to a practice, because I feel like skincare, first of all, is a huge gap. And we're, we're going to get into that in just a second. But if I'm going to practice saying, okay, you've just bought a new device, or you have a new modality, or you have a new product that you want to launch. What is your take on that? How do you help them to understand not only how to use it, like physically do the thing, but also put it into their culture? Because I feel like that's where, think about a VA, like all the training guides, all the like marketing materials around it, all the emails you have to send, getting your practitioners on board, looking at their success metrics. Like, how do you think about, you know, from a coaching standpoint, 
getting a practice on board a new modality and actually making it successful. Because that, to me, if we could if we could crack that nut, we'd have a lot more successful practices out there. I think it comes down like your number one is like your education. Like, do they understand it? Do they even understand the modality? Like, you know, you know, you can get go on and on about why they're bringing that in. So, is, is it were people asking for it? You know, like where I just I have all these people that bringing in like a, like something for acne, but they have no acne clients. It's like why why are you bringing in this modality that you you don't have like the clientele for it? Um, so I. I think it comes down, yeah, to education. Once they do bring it in, how many models like really, you know, like give them a, like a full view about like how many models, you know, each of you are going to do block off the time, the trainings, the reps need to come back. Um, the reps need to be, you know, basically on call. The trainers need to be on call. How many trainings do you think you need? Um, it's so it's so much of coordinating all that. So we kind of take it on that, you know, role. And usually for our contracts, we kind of come in and do like we're like an interim like CEO and kind of managing or interim manager, managing all these things um, for you to, you know, make it run really, really smoothly. But yes, it comes down to education and you you can't just have like one training in-house and then be ready to launch. It's just not going to happen. Like the risk of, you know, burning somebody or hurting somebody, then your reputation in the area is just shot. You know, you just, it's so, that's so scary to me. So definitely, I think you should do many, many people, as many people as possible until you're comfortable, many different skin types. I think you need to, you know, open the book. I think you need to open the manuals. <laughs> I think like there are so many now, um, all these like universities and, um, you know, great information online about it and then give like a non-biased, you know, go look at non-biased opinions about, you know, the modality. I think that's super important. Um, if you can, you know, look online or ask many people um, about their non-biased opinion and just like the, you know, modality in general. But um, I think people just love, our industry loves like tons of hands-on as do I, but yeah, you definitely have to study, you have to live, breathe it um before you have to watch youtube videos you have to do all the things before you you know you bring it on you have to write down the protocol again for you and have it like right here and just simple practices like that um live it breathe it and and i think you'll be really successful and be ahead of the curve yeah you know it's, what i think is so interesting i was a rep for galderma for many years and i would go into practice we would spend the money to train a practice and then to what you're saying they would like to be done like the trainer came in she taught me how to inject you know the product and then we're gone and never again we think about it and as a rep you're in there every day trying to get them to hustle and, and like get on board with it and you know they haven't seen the results yet but they always choose the hardest patient ever like a lot you know i've injected this person 86 times it's never worked before but it's going to work today miraculously with this product i think model selection is huge to your point like getting lots of models a, a large end to practice on but I think the other part, and this is what I can't figure out with business owners, is they would say to me, well, you know, we can't make them use this product. We, can, we have all the products here. They can use whatever they want. You know, they're medical professionals. I'm like, in any business in a hospital, you have formulary. You know, in a medical practice, you have a preferred vendor. That's normal to say as a business owner, I'm going to limit my spend to these four products or these eight products because I get a better volume discount. They're all medically very similar. They have the same, you know, adverse event portfolio, the same, you know, results portfolio. But from a, from a money perspective, I'm going to limit what you can use to these, and this is what we're going to use. And if you don't want to be here and use them, then, you know, unfortunately, this, this is what we do here. I think that we have missed that in this industry that 
we want to be medical practices so badly here that we we do things that don't make any sense to me in the context of a business operation because a hospital works the same way, right? You have to go get it approved. They can only you know prescribe two different drugs for the same you know issue. They they have to, all these limitations. How do you help them to understand that there is a business concept? Like even with skincare, you know, don't carry every single brand. Pick your top two or three. You can't diversify that much and have any chance at volume discounts or even having a rep look at you and give you special things because you're not buying enough to matter. So how do you help them kind of understand or grasp that concept? Or or, or do you and say, you know, against my, my thoughts, it should be a free-for-all? Uh, I think, again, you have to look at what they're doing. Uh, yes, I mean, we can go into the retail aspect. I mean, like, if you have, like, another two hours. But <laughs> I feel like the the – they're usually my, um, my experience is some of them aren't, you know, they're not coming from the aesthetic background. They're coming from the hospital background. Uh, so they're not business people. They're not salesmen. And they say that to me all the time. Like, but I'm like, okay, you're not a salesman, but it is your job to give the best result possible for your clients and your patients. And that's including, you know, skincare and, uh, these, Yes, it's very expensive to, you know, open, as we know, open a med spa and carry these lines and carry volume if, you know, they're talking about pharmaceuticals or, of course, these retail lines. But there's a lot of creative ways that you can start, too. But you have to be, you know, you have to be talking to your patients all the time and about um, the best to give the best outcomes and the best results. Um, But yes, there's I think you can't start off. You see people start off with like like three. And I'm like, why don't you start off with just one retail line? And I'm like, and why are you getting that retail line? Have you used it yourself? Um, do you like it? Or did a rep just come in? Like you have to live it and breathe it. Like, do you like it yourself? Or are you, I, you know, I've, I've went into some practices and they have one, one or two lines, but they're, they're not using it themselves. And I'm like, well, no wonder you guys are not pushing it, like not pushing it, but no wonder you're not you know, selling this or, or, you know, helping your, you know, this is not, this is just collecting dust. Like you guys aren't using it yourself or you don't know anything about it. Or again, you haven't opened the book or opened the online portal. Um, Just even open it, like do small tangible steps to get you those goals. Like if you do one hour a week to learn a new product or learn one of the products or learn the, and all the like collection of cleansers that week. And like, you know, put a chart or put up like a bulletin board and put it in the break room and put or put a certain ingredient and just like small to help everybody and help everybody learn. Um, I just think that's super important. But as to your point, yes, it's so expensive. And I think drop shipping is amazing too, um, for as far as retail. Um, I know like a lot of people can't house like a ton in volume and a ton stock and they can't because they can't afford it. So thankful these companies will um, do drop shipping. Um, and again, that is where you as uh, operations, um, part of it, need to be coordinating with your marketing or if you're all the marketing team, you need to be coordinating and have those links and drop those links in your Instagram all the time and um, really, you know, um, try to get that um, your drop ship and your drop ship orders out. But um, people want to... Um, yeah, know um, what you have. So you got to tell them. So it's not selling. They want to know. Um, I mean, they want to know what I'm doing. They want to know what we're doing. I'm skincare or what I'm using for hair care. And um, it's not selling. It's just educating. And it's telling people, hey, like this is 
this serum actually really worked for me and um, I'd love for you to try it. Or if you're doing um, a laser, you know, like, please tell me you're using an SPF. Like that's like the easiest sell. <laughs> like that's the easiest sell. If you're not using an SPF or you're not using, you know, some kind of like SPF, like that you can reapply during the day, like just something easy that you need to, you need to do. That's it. Really, really easy. Yeah, I'm currently wearing the Skin Better Compact. Where does foundation? It's such an easy, That's easy thing. I didn't know if I should say that, but oh, yeah, yeah there's, there's this is not sponsored. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different like ones, and it's like yes, you're not getting like insane, like you're getting really good coverage, but like it it needs to be easy for somebody to do it, you know. And it's those are really those compacts or um, I like the clear. There's a clear one. There's a tinted one. Um, those are just super easy to, you know, reapply and do. And it's just such an easy, such an easy sell sunscreen, like make it start off, start off like a super easy start off with sunscreen and then you can build into, you know, the retinoids and the vitamin C's and things like that. When every customer that walks in your door, or a patient that walks in your door needs sunscreen. Like there isn't a patient on planet earth that does not need sunscreen of some sort. That's like to your point, if you have, if you have to pick one product, one workhorse in your whole practice, Everyone needs sunscreen and face wash. I'm like, you got to wash your face. You need to moisturize also. You know, then we get into like different skin types and this and that and the other. But I think sunscreen is a pretty easy bet. But you mentioned drop shipping. And I mean, not to plug skin better, but they have a great pro, you know, program for that. Um, which I think that during COVID, they really built because of the inventory. You couldn't couldn't take the carrying cost of inventory on your shelf. And so they, they have this whole drop ship program where you can, you know, obviously you make money on it as a practice, but you don't have to actually house the inventory. But it's interesting what you said that I love. And I've never heard someone say this so blatantly uh they want to know what you have so tell them i look at instagram as like you know the holy grail so savannah boda who i'm sure you guys all know the diastetician i love her instagram because i learn about all the products every day from her watching her do it with her hands like it's like a uh, one of those asmr amsr things watching her like squirt her skin care on her hands is like that from like how does she make it look so pretty and elegant but anyway not the point of the story but I learned about all the new products coming out and like what she's using. She has amazing skin. So I'm like, I want to have her skin. Of course I'll use what she's using. And I know that she's obviously selling products as well because she's, you know, got a big retail-based business. But I also learn things from her. And I think about estheticians a lot in, in practices in general, skincare. You have to educate, I think, so much on skincare because people don't understand it. The ingredients are really confusing. The words are hard to understand. If you don't understand kind of chemistry and like um, physiology, it doesn't make a lot of sense to you. And so I think you'd actually dwell a bit on skincare and spend more time teaching your audience about that than you do filler and toxin. We know that you inject the Botox, you get the wrinkles gone. Like it's pretty easy to understand, but I think skincare is wildly complex. So if you're an esthetician, you know, or even practice listening to this, thinking, how do I get my Instagram ready to go? What are some things you recommend as far as like reels or content or YouTube videos to help us really get our skincare, you know, tell them part out to our masses? Um, so great points. Um, I actually met Savannah at the aesthetic next. She was lovely. Um, I got to meet her for the first time, but yes, I love her Instagram too. And my, actually one of my VAs uh, loves her Instagram. She, you know, and I just heard this, um, the other day too. She does like the same saying the same routine every day. And, um, it's so, it's part of me. It's so relaxing, you know, just, but she's teaching you, you know, every day. And that's just so about your, you know, your skin critique. And even if you've seen it a hundred times, like you don't care, or maybe there's a new person that like, you know, so um, I just think that's soup. She's such smart with that. Um, yes. I think, um, again, you have to, 
I think you, people think that, you know, everybody knows everything, right? Even in my own Instagram, you have to get out of your head that everybody, every injector, every esthetician, like they all know this stuff, Laura. Well, no, not everybody does. And you have to, so you have to decide who you're talking to. So like most of my audience for my, you know, my skincare definitely are on Instagram, but my consulting actually are more on LinkedIn. Um, I find a lot of like connections and more of my consulting on LinkedIn, but um, yeah, who are you talking to and who um, kind of create that persona of who you were talking to? So if you're an injector, if you're um, trying to grow your practice or you're um, an esthetician on Instagram, you need to kind of create that avatar of who you're talking to, where they're hanging out. Um, what are they in Facebook groups? Are they, um, you know, in like conversing with the local coffee shop or local restaurant or local in like other influencers? Um, I think that's hugely important that you guys, you know, have, I love Bravo <laughs> as everybody is. So i like, there's all these like Bravo accounts. So I'll engage sometimes because it's, it, that makes me happy too, to naturally engage with like some people who like Bravo, um, things like that. But um, Instagram tips, um, I think like, I do think professional photos is important. I think I love branding. If somebody doesn't have like clear, crisp, like photos, I think even if you want to start small and like, again, you're an injector, you're an esthetician, go trade with like your like local photographer. Like I'm sure they would love like a treatment um, and get some get like, you know, do a day, get your hair and makeup done and do like one day of like a crash course of like a couple hours of, you know, some really amazing headshots and then really like really amazing action shots. And then you can sprinkle those in forever. And then hopefully they'll help you create, you know, a couple of reels if you can. Um, again, clear and crisp video lighting is important. Uh, I think consistency. Um, there's so many, like so many people of uh, varies of like, how much to post and when to post. And it's so about, you know, it's about consistency. I would say it like, I feel like even I'm getting more consistent, but it, it is hard. Uh, and again, it's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to become like an influencer or are you trying to just do more awareness? Because of course, the more you post, like that, that's obviously going to happen. You're going you're gonna to reach more people. But I think you, you know, burnout is a, is a thing too. You have to, you know, again, delegate and maybe have some like help or have some outside help or have some, I like, like one person try to do like an in-house person and then an out, like outside person to kind of all try to, you know, help each other, you know, grow. Uh, I love stories. I love interacting with people on stories and um, wiping all the way and then just engaging with people's stories. Cause I think those are fun. Those are when you kind of see the like the knit and grit of like what's really happening like in their life. Uh, I love people's highlights um, too. I think highlights, I need to do mine better, but I think highlights are super important of like that, like clear, crisp, like information that you want people to see, you know, right away. Uh, I love, um, I love those before and after photos. I mean, I'm going to look at your website too, to make sure your website is you know, is amazing too, matching your Instagram, but I love um, talking about those, like, you know, those BBL before and after photos, man, like those are just amazing. Those like catch me right away. And it's like, you can get me a result like that with like, you know, one treatment. That's just incredible. So if I, or if you cleared somebody's 
like acne or like, and you pin that to the top of like your page. I think that's just amazing. So, I mean, that shows me, you know, probably know what you're doing. Yeah. You got a lot of good nuggets in there. I think a, a couple of things, we love a good pin here to set a record pin. The things are important, but you know, you mentioned consistency is very hard. Like I will, I'll be the first to admit that I do our Instagram here at AR. So I have to build all the things and then do all the captions and do all the tag, you know, all the things. And many days I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I'm like, I haven't posted Instagram yet. Like, holy shit, I got to go home. I got to rush home and build a story really quickly and build a post and get it all done. And it's so much work. I'm trying to hire a social media person. If you know a good one out there, please somebody have them contact me because I've had not such good luck. Um, but it is, it is extra work and it is an extra thing to do. But I think you mentioned, you know, looking at like engaging things like before and afters. We do media days here at Second Next Productions. Where we bring a company in. They spend a whole day with us. We do headshots you know sort of lifestyle photography we do like little video um vignettes for them you know story size or real size vignettes for events as well we do it for people who are like having cadaver labs and things and you get a whole like you know months and months of content that's professionally done professionally shot for like a couple thousand dollars like that's an incredible value to you and you need it because if you don't have it and you want to play big you can't play big when you have small to your point small photos and small video and small that's the one place you've got to spend money is having like branding and awareness of your brand and it has to look the same way everywhere it has to have a certain identity and it has to have a you know a personality if you will and folks who don't spend time on that i think that it bites you long term but also like in your profile like the little top part i was doing this yesterday looking for a practice and i had an injector with no information like i don't know what their credentials are i don't know where they practice i don't know who they are there's no link tree I'm like who the heck are you how would I ever figure out who you are if I have no way to ever find what you connect to? And so I think there's just like basic, some basic things on Instagram that you just got to do. And I think posting consistently is one of them. Having cool content that actually matters and is good and looks good. But also I think the education part. I, I find myself engaging far more with education, like top 10 reasons why or, you know, four things not to do. Or, you know, those like number kind of things jump out at me as a learner because I want to know what your top 10 list is, what you think is important. And so I feel like there's a lot to to be said there too for like just truly edutainment if you want to call it that as part of your Instagram you know day to day not just I, I love all the fun dancing and things in practice and like all the fun memes and things but at the end of the day I want to come to you for education so I think we do have some meme overload right now happening on the gram so if you're if you're a meme happy I would say back off a bit on the memes and maybe go deeper into the education and the before and afters but what do I know I'm not an influencer so I can't say for certain but that's just my two cents. I think uh, it's so funny that you say that because I've never done a meme ex until like maybe like two weeks ago. And of course, the one meme I do, it was um, about the new peel that everybody's talking about, like the new bio repeal that everybody's talking about. And I was dying because I just felt like it was just a, like, you know, a funny meme, all these other peels looking at the buyer repeal, like what, like, what is going on? Like, why is this blowing up? Are all these influencer like estheticians doing this peel? And of course that peel like went viral. Everybody shared it. My like engagement went like skyrocketing. It was actually perfect timing because it was right before the conference, <laughs> but I was just like, are you kidding me? Or like a meme, a meme did this. <laughs> But okay, so let's take a let's take a step back and let's think about that. But who did it go viral with? Probably not your patients. They don't even know what that pill means, right? So if you're thinking about memes, your patients who are coming in your practice could give two shits about that. They're like, did it work? How much did it cost me? Am I gonna have downtime? Is there gonna be flaky skin? They care about that. So if your goal is to be a patient-centric Instagram, 
that's where I think you have a concern because it doesn't work there. If it is to be a consultant, an influencer, a KOL, you know, an industry to industry icon, then that is genius because that's the kind of stuff that gets shared. You become more popular, you get more engagement. So I think what you said in the very, very beginning of this whole podcast is know why you're doing it and who you want to be and what it will take to get you there and then go do more of that thing. And if that's what your goal is, genius. But if your goal is patient-centric and increase your book appointments online, put your link in the freaking bio if you want to get a booked online appointment. Share things that are patient-centric. Talk about the journey at your practice. You know, you're a new patient here. Here's what happens for you on your first day of our, you know, at, at our clinic. I think it's whatever you want to be, go be that thing and make sure your content sort of revolves around that goal is, is my thoughts on it. And again, it, the same your point, it comes down to who you're talking to. You know, I, I am talking to, I'm kind of redoing kind of like my Instagrams and stuff, but I am talking to other um, owners. And so that meme, you know, benefited me. I just thought it was funny that it went viral, but yes, that meme benefited me because I'm trying to just create awareness about my brand. Um, and um, yeah, I sprinkle in some of my skincare stuff, but I think I'm going to be separating that, but I, um, I'm trying to just create awareness about my consulting brand. And so that was uh, huge for me, but yeah, it was just so, uh, so funny, but yes, know who you're talking to and put your, if you are, have a brick and mortar, put where you are in your bio. <laughs> it's a small thing. Is it really? Well, I'm waiting for your Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey meme to come out because I just saw another one. I was like, damn it. They did it before me. <laughs> I love him more than her. Don't send me um, death threats, but I love him. New high. His podcast his brother is like the best thing ever, but I digress on Travis Kelsey. If you don't marry Taylor Swift, come for me. I'm here waiting on you, buddy. But anyway, <laughs> I'll have to listen to their podcast. <laughs> Moving right along. I want to talk a little bit about what you just said. You know, you're going to split your business kind of in half. Um, I have that same drama here. We have, you know, the conference. We have lots of different a AR, AN, AMP. We got a lot going on here. So I know the, the challenge of that. But you just moved to a bigger space. You have lots of room now. You can now hire out estheticians to do the job for you because you're now doing all the consulting. So as a person who's now at this like, you know, precipice of a, a big change, how do you think through that as, you know, kind of in your own head as a coach of how do you, you know, again, hire and fire, staff up your new clinic with more room? Who do you bring on? What is that vibe going to feel like now if you're not really the central focus of it anymore? And how do you prepare for that next phase of growth? I think the next phase is like, this is now... Oh gosh, this is my consulting is my baby, but this is now my other baby. I am really building something from complete scratch. Yes, I have a clientele already, but I, I, with that clientele, I am really built with even them. They're just, those are like my diehard like clientele that have followed me everywhere and, or just a couple of places. And they want to grow with me. And now when they have seen me grow and seen me this consulting, so they are just here to support me. And so we're really building something ground up and it's what I want to, like, what do I want to do? And how do I want you to feel when you enter this place? Um, I don't even like calling it like a med spa. I think it's going to be more of like a very luxurious kind of like membership kind of skincare community where you're just super, super taken care of in every aspect. Everything is super seamless. Everything's super easy to book. Everything is super catered, super luxurious to you. 
and truly what you want to accomplish and what we recommend. I feel like we're always so busy and people are busy in life. And I said, actually, even to one of my, my business coaches, I was like, don't you want me to just tell you what to do? Don't you want me to just kind of me to, you know, you are so busy and me, like you have a stylist, like I'm just your skincare therapist and you're going to come in and I'm going to tell you exactly what to do from head to toe and what I recommend and you just sign. And uh, so it's going to be um, something really curated and again, slowly building of what that means. Um, but I'm super, super, super excited for it. And the people that have reached out, it's been amazing to help me build it or who want to work for me. But yes, I'm hiring, uh, hiring very slow and um, trying to navigate that as an owner and um, still grow my consulting company, which my, my team is, they're incredible. So they, uh, have my back a hundred percent. Um, but yes, I have to practice what I preach and, um, now I can do all the things, all the operations <laughs> right alongside with you. <laughs> all the things. Well, my dear friend, Leslie Tracy, you guys, I'm sure you may know her as well. I'm Laura, but she has Diamond Hands Media and she has, um, Tracy Diamond Insurance. But anyway, she had an Instagram come out last night or night before about you've got to choose your clients wisely. Like you should spend as much time choosing your clients as you do choosing your business model. And what you just said about what you want to build, oh my gosh, it couldn't be more relevant here. Because if you want a person who is going to come in like I am that way, I'm like, I don't know what I need. I hope that you do. I'm paying you as the expert. Write it down. Put it in my cart. Here's a credit card. I got to go home. I'm going to hurry. If you want that clientele, that's a whole different animal of who you're going to market to. I think even LinkedIn for that audience is probably a good place to find them. They're all working professionals. They're very busy. I think you, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. That's where you get really granular and specific about who you want to cater to because you're building a very unique curated brand that is only going to appeal to a certain group. And when it does, it's going to be a home run, but you've got to find that little niche of people who will love it and, and really um, invest in that. And I think that's where people get, I think also confused with Instagram and such of like this shotgun approach of you've got to know who, you know, know who you want to work with, who's in your tribe and go all in to recruit them and find, find that one influencer in that group and invest in her to tell all of her friends. That's a quick business build too. So well, good luck with the endeavor. I'm sure it will be wildly successful, and I want to hear more whenever it gets all up and running. Thank you very much. I'm so super, super excited, and I, I love, um, I love her too. I had lunch with her. She was um, awesome. Yeah, she's a she is a mess. She is so much fun and so smart. I just love her to death. That's the cool thing. You know, all these women in the industry are so powerful. People always ask about you know this gender bias. I'm like, listen, I work in a female dominated industry where women rule the world. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have never had to worry about a seat at the table or ask for one. Like we just sit down here, kick our, kick our high heels off and put our feet on the table. Like women rule the world here in aesthetic. Sorry guys, if you're listening, many of our guys are also important too, but. No, I met her in the spring too, uh, with you that day. And then we had lunch and she was just a powerhouse. Love her. I love her energy and I love her Instagram too. And her LinkedIn. Well, I mean, to that point, kind of as we wind down here, you know, we, you are a female, right? We're all moms and daughters and sisters and wives and friends and, you know, doing it all is very hard. And I think you're now expanding your empire, almost like doubling it with this new endeavor. How do you, for yourself and for also people who you're coaching, help them to understand the balance of that and not getting burned out and like sticking with it, even when it really sucks and you can't see your, you know, your kids, your family, your husband, whoever it is. And kind of fighting through it to get to the other side. Do you have any good pearls for us on survival as a female um, business owner? Um, I can be really honest. Um, I love Shakira's honesty too. I sometimes don't. 
um, it's uh, it's very, very hard. And I think uh, more people need to talk about how hard it is for like the balance of everything. And like the mom guilt is definitely there. And I'm trying to build a better life for, you know, my, you know, my children and my husband and um, along it's, it's balance. It's not easy. Every day is, you know, different. Um, and some days you feel really good about, you know, your mom life and being a wife and um, being a business owner and everything. And some days you just feel such guilt and it's just, it's awful. And you're going to have those off days. And that's what makes me a better mom. I feel like I'm happier when I'm working. Um, I know people that love to stay home and I just couldn't stay home full time. I love working and I love what I do. I, um, my kids are, you know, my number one priority. Um, but it makes me a better mom to, uh, go to work every day and know that I, um, am growing this and I hope they will see it, you know, someday and someday, you know, be very, very proud, but yes, it's very, very hard and you're going to have tears and you're going to have people that push back. I've had a lot, like a weird, like a lot of people push back that maybe I'm working too much or that I, my goals are too big. And I think nobody can tell you that your goals are too big They're These are like my own personal goals. Um, so I think that is, needs to be more talked about that. Maybe those are their fears and not my own. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think about my childhood, not to, not to get on the childhood soapbox. That's a whole different podcast, but my dad worked like 24 hours a day all the time. I never think about him not being there when I was a kid. I think about all the lessons I learned because he was so devoted to his, you know, to his craft that I'm the same way. Like it never dawns on me that he didn't come to things. My mom covered the gap. She was great. She was at everything, but it never occurred to me. I never had like the resentful things of, he wasn't at my, my dance recital. He wasn't at my whatever graduation. I knew he had things to do. He had way more important things to do than watch me tap me as a seven-year-old. Like he had bills to pay and a house to support. You know, it's like, I, I think my little boy is really understanding that now. He's getting the fact that we just moved to a new house this weekend of like, if I don't work, we don't have these nice things. And so I think that part of it too is watching your, your parent succeed and grow and even fight through trials and tribulations and learn to, you know, have that stick to to come out of the other side. And I don't know, I think it's good for our children to see it. It was good for me to see it as a kid. Um, and it is very, very hard. I agree. But whenever they come back and tell you, like my little boy this weekend, he's like, mom, you are really smart. I'm like, oh, well, maybe he's listening. I'm not, I'm not the enemy today. I'm not stupid. So that's, that's always a plus for your 10 year old. But I think it is challenging. I think what you said about we don't discuss it enough. We don't talk about it nearly enough. Motherhood's already a challenge on, on its own without any other factors being involved. And you start adding in being a business owner and, you know, hiring and firing and trying to coach and optimize people. And, you know, everyone's depending on you to pay their own mortgage and their own car payment and their own kid daycare. And if it's, you know, if, if you're not able to deliver, then it affects a lot of lives now. I think there's just a lot of stress that comes with that. And so I appreciate you saying it is, it is challenging. But how do you, as we kind of end on a high note here, first of all, what's coming up next for you? Because I know you probably have a lot of things in your um, in your social calendar coming up soon. But also, you know, are there any things that you'd recommend for us to stay sane? You know, should we be doing meditation? Should we be doing yoga? Should we be working out? Drinking a lot of cocktails? Like, what is the holy grail for us um, to keep it all together? All of the all of the above. <laughs> but um, I was going to say back to your point and. Yes, it is hard to do all these things, but I think you need to, you know, prioritize your 
prioritize your time. I mean, my I live and die by my, my Google calendar. Um, I time block everything. I know like some people are like, what? But you have to just put it in your calendar, checking emails, checking socials, you know, connecting, networking, um, connecting with your team, uh, outsourcing everything that you can. Again, if you, if, again, if it takes you like five hours to do a Canva slide, like hand it off, like just hand it off because your time is better spent, you know, somewhere else. And I think once you start freeing up your, you know, time like that, um, I, life gets a little bit more manageable. And like, I can bring my daughter to like ballet and tap and cause I do and like enjoy those things, but at the same time, I'm, you know, usually on my computer too, <laughs> uh, working a little bit, but I, um, yeah, I think, I think having those family and friend times are super important. Like you need to, again, Google calendar, you need to schedule the time with your family and your friends. Um, I think checking in with your friends and family and scheduling girls nights and scheduling your husband, like husband nights. I think that's super important. I, um, that, that's what makes me happy. Um, I think checking in with all of them, um, you know, even we had like a big play date, you know, over the weekend and I hadn't seen people in a long time. And that's just what made my, you know, filled my heart. That was really, really, that made me happy. That's kind of like the nice balance. Uh, I think next for me, um, there's so much, we're working on retail strategies for people um, for the, like for the next six months to the, um, to the year. I mean, everybody should have their holiday content pretty much hopefully, hopefully done. If not, <laughs> it's ready to go. They're like retail strategy for holiday, all their black Friday, cyber Monday, Christmas. Um, you want to create like a really curated, like retail, like really nice retail and services, like packages for your holiday. Um, again, people want to know what you want them to do so you got to tell them and got to tell them in November December and I think people start shopping for Christmas now and all in October so you got to start putting those packages together really really early and uh, I think uh, I hope hopefully I'm going to be speaking a lot this next year too um, it's super exciting some other conferences coming up and um, hope to be with you guys again and uh, yeah it's been super fun and um, onboarding another um, big client soon. So just kind of doing, doing our thing, going in there and getting that checklist done and seeing where we can kind of fill in the gaps for them. We call it like the cleanup crew, seeing what we can do. And, um, they're, they're, you know, they're surviving, but we want them to be, you know, thriving and we want them to be happy and we want them now to live the life that they want and outsource everything else. Yeah. I'll do black Friday on like that Monday. <laughs> just so you know uh no but you know i think getting all your content done but you know just because you mentioned that as we as we again end here i had a discussion yesterday with an industry person the recession is real like we're starting to see people miss their numbers as far as reps we're starting to see a, a bit of a, a shrink in new customers into our market into our funnel so as you think about your holiday season guys think about that like how could you make various price points of packages where people who want to work with you and do business with you and, and spend money with you because they you know they want to support local businesses can actually opt in so think about this year maybe more than ever having lots of various price points and things to get them in and having some really cool um you know i love the things like all packaged together with a really neat name and they have you know components that all fit together it just makes sense to buy as a little you know package spend some time there look at your numbers do some good data mining to find out what you should be promoting but yeah we're at october one you gotta start getting that stuff out because 
we all are pinching our pennies, I think, and we're starting to buy, I buy incrementally all Q4 so that when it, it gets to December 25th, it's not, you know, a huge financial hit all at the end of the year. So get it out early and it's open house season, Laura. It's open house and event season. So you got to prepare all the catering budgets and all the event promos and the nights of, of beauty that you got to have and get all your reps there. It's a, a Q4 is like mayhem but the most fun as a rep i enjoyed it so much i was at an event i think i did one year 135 events in q4 as a rep and i freaking loved it it was so fun i would do three and four a day but it is chaos so you know if you guys aren't ready yet take a xanax drink a martini and get ready because it's coming calling all these uh we're calling all these bartenders now bartenders caterers all these balloon people you know selfie people like (laughs) so we kind of just coordinate everything so it's fun talking to all of them (laughs) Well, if you want to work with Laura and her company to help with event coordination and the balloon guy, but also coaching, mentoring, helping with your retail strategy, helping you with modalities and training your people and really launching things in a successful manner, definitely reach out to her. Um, I'll let you give your Instagram and website how to get hold of you. Uh, my Instagram is Laura Jeanette and Co. And my website is www.laurajeanetteandco.com makes it easy i like that too and also i'll link that all in the comments and in the podcast write up so well thank you for coming on today you know for the record you've been a fabulous guest as i knew you would be and i appreciate coming to aesthetic next and being on our podium there but also sharing your insights today and hopefully we'll see you again very soon that's my hope thank you very much thank you so much for having me well i will see all of you guys next week for another episode of for the record bye guys bye Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at aestheticrecord.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.